Good morning, everybody. Did you pick up the hope of that song? The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. There's <sighs> hope in a lot of different directions there. So uh, I want to welcome you this morning uh, along with Pastor Dustin. My name is Dennis. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, for our visitors in the room, we welcome you and glad you're with us today. And, um, you know, Pastor Dustin mentioned that they were on the road yesterday. We did not uh, announce this last week because uh, Carla was not in here, and she's talking. She won't hear me say this, but um, <laughs> sorry, I put her on the spot, and I'm going to be sweet to her. Uh, they were down in Swift Current over the, uh, the weekend because Carla's grandmother passed away last week, and we didn't announce that, but she wasn't here last week, and Lizzie was there by herself, and I didn't know if I should announce that and get Lizzie uh, emotional, but uh, our heart goes out to you, Carla, and your family, and we've been praying for you, so I'm uh, glad you made it back safely, and uh, glad to have you with us. Uh, today is our Coffee Break Sunday, which means an abbreviated uh, sermon, which means Jeff has to hold that wall up even a little less than normal back in the back there. That's his job, to hold that southern wall up for us. It is Coffee Break Sunday, and I've already spilled coffee on myself three times. Can you see it? Once there, once here, down here. So I, I point that out so you don't think I'm just a slob. I know I spilled coffee on myself. And in a few moments, we're going to break and have a time of community and sharing life together. And for us, this is not just about coffee and donuts and muffins. It is truly about the ability to spend time together getting to know each other. Uh, for those who are visiting with us, we do welcome you into our community. And we welcome you to journey on the path that we are journeying which is a year, uh, as all of our years, but especially this year, really focusing on this idea of walking with Christ and getting to know Jesus in a very intimate way. Uh, we've been walking through this year with Jesus in lots of different ways and looking at Scripture in lots of different ways and seeing how Jesus planned His earthly ministry and then how He moved into handing that off to the church. And we are into the part of Scripture um, we're into the parables over the last week, starting last week and in for the next few weeks leading up to Easter. We went through the Sermon on the Mount. We went through the first year and a half of Jesus' three years of ministry. And what we're seeing is that Jesus spent a lot of, half his time with a big bunch of people. And then he drifted it down to a small group of people for that last a year and a half or so. While he was speaking, lots of people were listening but his attention had been honed down to the 12 apostles and to some of the more dedicated followers, uh, disciples of his. And he's spending time with them, teaching them about the kingdom and about how things were going to be. And now, after we get through the parables in a few weeks here, we're going to get into the Easter season. We will start to talk about how Jesus prepared his followers for the fact that he was not going to be on earth forever and that actually his time was coming quickly to a close. But as he spent time with these followers, he poured out into them an understanding of the kingdom of God. And he wanted them to understand how the kingdom was and the nature of the kingdom and how to lead in the kingdom and to make sure that they were doing or going to do what needed to be done to allow the kingdom of God to continue to grow. And we are here today, we say it often, but we're here today some 2,000 years later because Jesus prepared a group of people who would prepare a group of people who would prepare a group of people who would prepare a group of people. And I don't know how many generations it's been since Jesus died on the cross, but lots of generations. And here we are following him still, seeking to know him 
and desiring to walk with him. I was reminded last Sunday when uh, some of the women on the women's ministry team asked me when I was going to get to the theme I laid out for the year, which was taking our first steps, our next steps, and our big steps in following Jesus. And I went, oh, even though I haven't said it, that's what we've been working on the whole time. But that was a good reminder of that's what we walked into this year to do. For those of you who are curious, we want you to take your first step of maybe just learning about Jesus. For those of you who are have walked that road of curiosity, we want you to take that first step of obedience to follow him, maybe in baptism, maybe in just stepping out and saying, I'm a follower of Christ. But also we want to encourage people to take that big step of God's calling in your life to do the work that God has called you to do, to be about the work that he has prepared for you to do, that he has uniquely gifted you for in his kingdom. And we wanted you to be able to to take those steps. So that is where we still are processing this. And now we're into our second and third today parables. In this brief message, we're going to hit two parables because they kind of go side by side. Last week, we talked about the fact that Jesus talked in parables because they were understandable in some ways, but they were memorable in other ways, that they needed explanation and that he only explained it to his followers so they would understand. And the others had ears that were not prepared to hear, but he taught what the kingdom would look like because of his work here on earth. So last week we looked at the parable of the sower, some would call it, the parable of the seeds, other people would call it, but more would speak of the parable of the soils or of the heart, that the word of God is cast out and it falls on different forms of hearts, hard hearts and and rocky hearts and weedy hearts and good soiled hearts that allow it to grow 30, 60, and 100 fold and produce an amazing crop. What we talked about last week is that the soil needed to be prepared correctly, but the seed was good. There was nothing wrong with the seed. And today we're going to continue on with that, that point. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to jump just a few verses from where we were last week, and we're going to pick it up in verse 26 of Mark. And we're going to read two very short parables about the seed that we've heard about last week. Now, we know that we need to prepare the soil. We need to, the seed needs to find the healthy soil. And we do want to be reminded of the fact that the seed is not only good, it's amazing, it's miraculous, it's kingdom seed. It's God's word being cast out and having great insight in people's lives. So let me just read to you. I'm going to read from uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 34. Just a few verses here. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, we shall, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth, Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants 
with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. So here we have two parables, this parable of of the farmer who sows the seed and then kind of waits for it to grow. And it's kind of encouraging if you think about it, because here's a guy who, who seems clueless and sleeps on the job. He plants a seed, he goes to sleep. He wakes up in the morning, he goes to sleep at night. He wakes up in the morning, and eventually there is growth in the seed. There's the stalk, and then the head, and then the, the, the seed inside the head. He knows his job is to plant the seed, and then when the time is ripe, he takes out the sickle, and he cuts the plant down, he cuts the harvest down, and he does what he's supposed to do in reaping the harvest. Now, a couple of things just as we look at this quickly today that we can see is one is that we need to be faithful to do what we're called to do. We need to spread God's word amongst the people that we have been given to in our life. We need to spread his word and his hope and bring the hope of the gospel to people. Had a wonderful conversation with somebody this morning who was saying just all the doors that God was opening for them as they just were sharing the seed of God's word that this person had prepared in their own heart, now sharing it with those she comes in contact with and with family and friends and saying how when she hides it in her heart, it just comes out so much more naturally and so easy to share. So one thing is that we are called to do the job of, of sowing the seed of God's word and we need to do that. Another thing we can see in this thing is that we're all qualified to do that. This is not for the pastors. It's not for the trained. It's not for those who go to seminary or Bible college. It's for all of us to put God's word in our heart and to share it with those that God puts in the natural path of our life. So let's not forget that. But it's easy to forget this third piece, which is that sometimes we can expend all of our energy in all the wrong areas, in all the wrong season of the growth. That we spend so much time in the church looking at growth. How do we help people grow? Are people growing? Are they doing this? And we need to be responsible for that. And we need to, to lead in that. But, but the emphasis here is on plant the seed. Let God do his work. And then reap the harvest. And I want us just to be reminded of that today. It says here, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. This word for all by itself is automate in Greek. Any idea where we get another word from that? Automate, automatic. It just happens. We can't force the growth. Any of you ever plant seeds in your garden and you just stand there and just think hard and give it some mental energy and try to get it to sprout? It doesn't work that way. The soil is prepared, the seed is good, the conditions are right, and in its right time, if all those things line up, we get growth out of the seed that we've planted in the garden. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 through 7, we, we know these words well maybe, but let me read them to you again. This is Paul speaking, he's talking about the leadership in that church and the people that they were following, it says, What after all is Apollos, who another leader in the church? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, 
as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. We have to remember the job that we have and the job that we don't have. Now, we can assist people in growth. We can encourage people in growth, but we cannot make the growth happen. That is the work of the Holy Spirit upon people's hearts and in their lives, and God will do that work in them. And it can be easy to think sometimes that we plant these seeds and we do these things and we do these activities or these programs and that nothing good comes of it because we have not seen the growth. And I encourage people all the time to say, first of all, you're not Jesus. Second of all, you cannot make the growth happen. Plant the seed, let it, let it grow. Sometimes it comes later, sometimes it comes quick. Thought, thinking this week of, of examples of that in my own life, and I had numerous ones, but one that hit me was um, back into my early days of paid ministry. My first paid ministry, well, actually my second paid ministry position was at Youth for Christ in Portland as a campus life director at Aloha High School, my own high school that I graduated from. I returned a number of years later after graduating and took on this campus life club, kind of like a young life club, if you're familiar with that. And this was a parachurch organization that came alongside the students of the high school to introduce them to Christ and to present to them the message of Christ in a friendly environment and to just help hopefully plant that seed of God's word to bring a, a harvest into that. Now, I had taken it over from the, the high school uh, baseball coach who had run it for a number of years and had over, average week was about 50 or 60 kids in this club. Well, he decided to step down because he was just too busy. And I was asked to come in because I had graduated from that high school, knew the area, knew a lot of the teachers at the school, the administration. And I went in, first of all, the principal of the school looked at me, and I will paraphrase, but she looked at me and she said, I don't want to see your hind in around this campus ever during school hours. And I said, well, okay, but at sporting events and other activities in the evenings, you cannot stop me, so I will be here. So I started to do that. I inherited this group, and we threw our first Tuesday night club meeting, and we had four students show up. And for two years, I ran that Campus Life club meeting with the same four boys and felt like I got nowhere with them. Nowhere. They were a bunch of little knuckleheads. Sorry, high school boys, uh, if there's any in the room. But they came. They didn't listen to a thing I said. They didn't act, you know, interested in the games I provided. We'd go out and do things on the sides on weekends and things. And every once in a while, they would show up. But nothing much happened. And I remember sitting in the Campus Life or the Youth for Christ office in Portland amongst all these other club directors who were bringing in 120 to 150 kids. And I remember just thinking I was the biggest failure ever. To the point where I didn't share what was happening in my clubs. I didn't want to share what was happening in my club. So I did my two years. I was so thankful when the church that I had kind of been a part of called me to be their youth pastor. And I was so glad when I could give my resignation to Youth for Christ and say, hey, it's been a joy. <laughs> but I'm stepping down. And I remember going through my youth ministry years and a time in life here and, and, and ministry in Alberta as well. And about three, well, it was probably about five years ago now. I got a message or an email one day from Dan Williams, one of those four boys. 
And he said, Dennis, I just found your email. I just wanted to send an email and just say, you know, it's just cool to see you're still out there and still alive. I guess I seemed really old to him. Um, he didn't quite say it that way, but it's kind of the way it read, you know. I was like, hey, you're still living. Um, good, good job. And I wrote back and I said, Dan, it's great to hear from you. What's going on? I said, you know what, I, I just, you know, and I, in my email, I just said something to the effect of, man, those were some tough years, and I felt like I never did guys, you guys justice with the Campus Life Club. And he wrote back immediately, he says, dude, are you, are you serious? I said, yes, I'm serious. He goes, do you not know that three out of four of us have gone into full-time ministry because of the time you spent with us? I mean, that's, I, I'm humbled by that. He goes, man, you know, we, we didn't grow, but man, we grew. And three, two of the three of them, two of the four of them went into Bible college right away. One added that a couple years later after he graduated. And three out of those four boys are in full-time ministry today. That's not because Dennis is anything special. Trust me. It's because I planted a seed and God did the growth. So I say that to encourage you that you may be, feel like you're planting seeds with your family and your friends and your coworkers and your classmates. And you may think that nothing's happening but you don't know the growth that's happening below the level of the soil. Let God do his work. So you plant, you rest, you sleep, and you wait for that harvest. Now, I didn't have to reap the harvest. I didn't have to get the tool out and do anything. I just got to rejoice in hearing the story of three out of four knucklehead high school boys who actually turned out to be okay, even though they were okay beforehand. I can tell you a few other stories like that. So do the job, plant the seed, wait for the harvest, let God do the growth. But then it goes on and says, and again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of the seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. You may think that those seeds you're planting are just tiny little things. They're not worth anything. But according to this parable, you just don't know. The tiniest of the seed planted in the right soil, given the right conditions, and allowed to grow under God's loving, shepherding, gardening care can grow to be the largest of the plants in the garden to the point where it provides shade for the birds in the garden. It may not seem like much when you plant it. It may not seem like much as it's even growing. You may plant the seed and this friend of yours just continuously asks these hard questions. But maybe you missed the growth that they're asking the questions. Maybe you're missing the growth when they start to read God's word on their own and apply it to their life. Maybe you missed the growth when they start to do things that are Christ-like in their life. And then when they share with you that, you know, Christ is center in their life. I think I've shared this story before. I'm going to wake him up. Derek, back there, he's got his eyes closed. But Derek, I still remember. I've shared the story before. I still remember the time in our small group in our house that Derek, uh, when Jen was sharing her testimony, and uh, Derek, he had shared his testimony a few weeks before, but he couldn't wait to share it. And he shared it, and he said, I accepted Christ today. And Jen goes, well, you did? Why didn't you tell me? And he said, well, I took communion with you today. It wasn't that enough to tell you that I had done this because I would never taken communion. And this wonderful moment of, 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 of this happening in, this, in the midst of this group, 
And Derek sharing the fact that Christ had come into his life and he had accepted Christ becomes this moment where this couple is now bickering over, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you share with me? And those are those moments where you see the growth. And Jen sharing her heart and her faith in Christ with Derek and just loving on him and seeing that happen in his life was so cool. And Joanne, you know, it was like some, I can't remember who all was in that room, but that was one of those most amazing moments where you say there's some growth just popped. And to see Derek grow in his faith through the years as a dad and a husband. And I know, you know, for Derek, you know, just like for me, for all of us, it's not perfect and it's not always easy, but to see that growth, those are amazing moments of this small little seed that's planted left in the right soil with the right conditions, and God allowed to let it grow, then it grows. So we start with the curious, and then we lead these people to followers, and they become disciples, and they become leaders, and they become grow into the fact that we can grow churches, and then there's movements out of that. That's great, but we don't start by trying to plant a movement. We start by planting a seed that will grow into curiosity, that will grow into a follower, that will grow into a disciple, which will grow into a leader whether in the home or the workplace or the church, doesn't matter. The seed is powerful. The seed is magical. It's kingdom seed. We don't understand it. We can't put our finger on it. We cannot explain it, but it automatically grows when it's planted. And I want to encourage all of us that you may have feel like you've planted seeds with certain people and it's just gone dead. And maybe they've been plucked out like we heard last week by the birds. Maybe they've been choked out by the ways of the world. Maybe it was shallow and rooted, but keep planting the seeds. And even now, as we prepare for Coffee Break Sunday, I want to encourage you that this is another opportunity to plant seeds of friendship and seeds of community and seeds of encouragement with people today. So in a moment, I'm just going to pray for us. I'm going to right now ask the worship team to come on up. We've got one more song I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing this song. I'm going to come up and just, we're going to break for coffee break. I'll tell you what we're going to do real quick as we do that. It's not complicated. It's coffee and, and muffins. Uh, but we do want to tell you one thing about that. But as you go out there today, please find somebody to share with. For those of you who aren't the most outgoing, find somebody you already know and encourage them. Plant some more seeds of encouragement. But I always encourage people to try to find somebody they don't know to build into their life and to encourage them to plant seeds and to let seeds be planted in you as well. So as we go out there, understand that this is not just about coffee and cake. It's about building community in God's kingdom and allowing that seed to continue to grow. Let's pray together. We'll sing our last song and then I'll come up and give you some quick directions for the coffee break. But let's pray together. Father, we come before you today and we thank you that we don't understand the growth, that we don't understand what happens under the soil. We can, we can explain it scientifically, but Father, it's your creation in actual seeds, but also in spiritual seeds, that all these things come from you, that our understanding must come from you, that our faith in this process comes only from you and from your creation. So today, we ask that we would be encouraged to just plant the seeds and wait for the harvest. That we would not stress over the growth. That we would allow you that season to make that happen. And Father, we would not stress over the size of the seed that we plant, but that we would just be excited to see the plant that you will allow to grow. 
because of our faithfulness. And Father, even today, as we prepare to go and spend time in community, we pray that you would allow us to love on each other, to meet new people, to encourage each other, to be encouraged by one another, and to walk in true biblical community today. Just a bunch of imperfect people trying to figure it all out together, but understanding that we have not been asked to journey alone. So, Father, we ask this now in Christ's name. Amen.